Hello and welcome to Weep Spawn. We talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and today we have a very special guest today, Joshua's ex-girlfriend, Taylor. <laughs> you can't do that! Okay, that is actually hilarious that you bring this up because as I was getting ready this morning to to come on the the podcast um josh actually told me he's like you have to apologize to everyone for me since i haven't been on the last few episodes since i've been so busy um so that's actually hilarious that you bring that up because we were literally talking about it this morning um and it's funny too because when i was on a podcast uh episode in the beginning um i was just called a friend (laughs) and i yelled at him since we're married i'm like um i don't think so uh, so that's hilarious. Should be ex-wife at this point. Like, geez. <laughs> um, but yes, hi everyone. I'm Taylor, uh, and I'm very excited to be here today. And if you couldn't make it assumptions from what was said, she is now his wife. So just just <laughs> wanted to make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, today's episode, there may be potential spoilers ahead from what we're going to be discussing. So. Once we go over a game, we'll give you guys a few seconds just in case to let you know, hey, spoilers ahead for this, because we are going to be talking about our favorite gaming franchises. And as our guest, I'm so ready. would you like to start us off? Uh, yeah, I guess. Sure. Okay. So obviously you can't just pick one best franchise because there's way too many and i feel like nostalgia plays like a fact into this i had a really hard time thinking about one franchise that i felt like held up and nostalgia like i kept going back to like nostalgic games and i'm like i don't feel like i can pick this though just because it has a nostalgic factor for myself so so many games anyway. just popped up in my head now after you said that that I'm like, yeah. oh wait, I think yeah. these are gonna be on your list now. I just thought of three new franchises. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's so hard because I feel like nostalgic games just hold such a special place. You know, like growing up, these were my go-to games or whatever. So it was very hard putting that aside and just looking at a franchise for a franchise. But we can go more into that later in the episode, but um, yeah. So for me, the I think my top franchise, uh, at least at this point in my life, is God of War for sure. Uh, I think takes the top of that list. <clears throat> I think it it does have maybe a little bit of a nostalgic factor for me, just because I was, I mean, I've grown up with the game really. Um, it came out in 2005 the original the like very very first one i believe is 2005 and that was on the playstation 2 (laughs) that was a child then like that's insane to me uh that it's still a franchise that is going like you know that's happening um and for me has held up over the years like 100 percent has held up and actually personally i think the newer god of wars are even better because i think the storyline that they have like uh in the norse versions of god of war if you will um i think they're a little bit deeper of storylines and i love that i it like i think they're deeper but also i think you see more of kratos like character development in the newer ones uh which i find very 
I mean, it's emotional. Like five minutes into Ragnarok, for instance, I was crying. I don't know how many times I cried during that game because there's just so many emotional points and it hurt. Like, have you played the game at all, Bobby? I haven't played any of the... I'll be honest with you. I think the only ones I've played is the original and okay. I think three when I was over at your house or it wasn't the original. I, I want to say it was three because that one had multiplayer. I don't know if all of them had multiplayer, but I played the original and three. I'd never beat the uh, the original because I remember playing it on a demo and then someone else had it. And I, it was one of those, I never owned it. My friend owned it. So I only played it when I was with them. Uh, I do know like, the story behind it all and everything and I think one of the reasons they were able to get so like you said that it stayed up yeah or not even 10 years ago it's almost 15 years ago now <laughs> I know isn't that insane it's actually it is almost 20 years because you said 2005 right yeah That's insane that's like almost my entire life. <laughs> and when it first came out, I remember this game along with like Mortal Kombat was a lot of this stigma whenever people, because video games now versus back then have a complete different stigma. And back then, because of its hack and slash kind of uh, game, because it was... Not shy on blood because it was meant to be killing <laughs> gods, and still I is. Well, yeah, <laughs> and it was this game in like Mortal Kombat. All those like journalists would always point to like, "Oh my god, video games are so violent! Look at this! He just teared his skull off!" And it's <laughs> like you do realize like it was funny to me because i think one of the ones they showed it was like an undead like already like a zombie mm. so it's like uh, are you are you serious right now you out of everything you could have used in god of war you used it where he killed a zombie I'm like, <laughs> not a god not zeus <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like a zombie like just i and i'm pretty sure it was like part of the demo like the mm. first thing you do mm. where you're like on the ship and everyone's like attacking you and shit. Yeah. I'm like Yeah, I remember that. Did you even Yeah, I'm like did you even play the game or did you just play the demo to write this article? Yeah. So it looks like you just played the freaking demo. <laughs> <laughs> probably. That's probably all they looked at, let's be honest. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's definitely it's held up for me and like I said, I think the Norse ones are even better than the original ones because I think it's become less of a hack and slash. I mean, by all means, it's still a hack and slash. But I think the story in the newer ones is so much deeper than what it was before. Or maybe it's just because I've grown up that I pay more attention or something. That that could definitely be. Um, but yeah, I felt Ragnarok especially was extremely emotional with all of the... I mean, it's not just killing gods anymore. I mean, your, your friends in the game are dying, you know? Uh, spoiler spoiler alert um but like hold on let me look up the guy's name let's be real if you didn't expect people to die in a god of war game is that really a spoiler you, <laughs> you didn't say names or anything but it's like come on it's that type of game you know 
bad shit's going to happen. Not to mention all the memes that have come from God of War 2. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> boy, boy, yes. boy. Uh, oh, well, the storyline's so much deeper, and... Um, oh, I, I said spoiler alert because other, you know, your friends within the game die, and I was going to say, um, for instance, Brock, one of... I find one of the best characters uh, in the game uh, that I think you get to really know in the game. A lot of shit goes down with Brock uh, between him dying and coming back uh, because of his brother's injury, like bringing him back and dealing with all of that emotional trauma that Brock doesn't even know he's going through until he finds out. And then that whole emotional thing that happens uh, with him finding out and dealing with with the emotions and the aftermath of that, but then actually dying. And then you have like Sindri, who's um, pissed at you because Brock finding out all of this information and then he also kind of feels like you're responsible a little bit for Brock dying and and going through all of that. So it's like so many emotions and just so many layers that I think it makes the game so much better. You have all these characters and you have relationships with all these characters and they go up and down all the time. And I think you get to see a side of Kratos that you don't get to see in the beginning of, of the series. And it, it just dives so much deeper. And you can actually see Kratos feeling emotions. And then at, like, the very end of the game when Atreus is um, walking away, essentially he's become a man at this point. He's learned everything he can from Kratos. And he believes that he can, you know, it's his turn to go out on his own and, and experience life. And he leaves Kratos behind. And that hurts in that moment because you feel like you've raised this child you know through this game and it's like wow okay like yeah he can do this on his own but this is horribly sad and going back to like kratos's past and how he lost his um like daughter his child in the in the first games and and his wife and stuff and now he just replayed all of that again you know he lost his his wife uh in this norse world and now his child may not be dead but he's now walking away and you don't know where that child's going or when he's going to come back or if you're ever going to see him again. So I just think it, you know, and also the comparisons between the originals with his child and wife being gone to Atreus and, and this side of the world. Um, and, and like the comparisons between the, 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 the Greeks and the Norse side of things. Um, I think that's a really interesting take on things as well. So yeah, overall, I think it's, it's, it's one of my favorites due to the storyline. I mean, the graphics are absolutely freaking beautiful also. They just keep, keep getting better. Um, and I think it also is a series that kind of covers my favorite things in a game. So you have that, like, hash and slash aspect, yes. And I'm not typically big on, like, the hash and slash things uh, side of things. But I like the abilities that you can get within the game, um, like the power-ups and things and, and like, the the rage mode if you will um but also how you get to do so many puzzles and and you know just like little details like that that it adds to the game and all the side stuff and and with Ragnarok you know going around and collecting all the ravens um I think that's like that's just a fun little extra onto the game that I think adds to it really well so yeah that's mine what about you Bobby <laughs> <laughs> Uh, quick thing before we go to mine. Uh, do they ever reference, like, anything specific in, like, these later games of uh, about, like, the 
original games besides like oh you're kratos i heard you killed uh, zeus like obviously besides like that stuff that clearly yeah. the guys wouldn't know but is there anything like specific maybe something that wasn't pertained to like the main story that's kind of like an easter egg have you noticed anything like that um, so from my perspective, no, they definitely bring up that he's, you know, a God killer and he's very well known for killing gods. Um, and that gets brought up, I think, often or at least hinted at. But I believe because of Kratos's personality and his his character, he's not an emotional guy and he has walls up for sure with everything he's been through. And that actually plays into the storyline of him not explaining to create, or excuse me, him not explaining to Atreus his history and what he's been through. That actually plays in the story because there's moments where Atreus wants to do something and Kratos is like, hell no, you're not doing this. But he doesn't explain why he doesn't want Atreus to do that. So then Atreus gets pissed like a child and, you know, runs off and rebels and does his thing. And then it creates all this tension between their characters. But if Kratos would just sit down and be like, boy, listen, this is what happened to me and this is why I'm acting this way. It would clear up so much between the two characters. So I think Kratos not explaining or ever bringing up his past, at least to Atreus uh, specifically, it it added a lot to the storyline. Because I can't tell you how many times I'd sit in a cutscene and I'd be like, Kratos, just fucking tell Atreus <laughs> why, like, why you feel this way. Like, just tell him a tiny bit about your past and this will clear up and you guys will be BFFs again, okay? Like, it kind of drives you crazy, but also from Kratos, you know, his perspective, like... I get it. Who, who would want to tell a child that you've lost everything and all you've done with your life is going around and killing every single god you've come across? Like, probably not really a good rep to be bragging about. <laughs> Why do they call you god killer? Oh. Well, you see. <laughs> do you know Greek gods? No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For sure. Oh. Uh, so. Mine one uh, is something, ever, if you're a Weed Spun listener, is going to be no surprise. If we're, okay, so if we're <laughs> having one for gameplay purposes, because you talk about gameplay and story, uh, I have one for gameplay and one for story. Okay. Because uh, the first one for gameplay, I have to say it's Pokemon, mostly nostalgia. I've <laughs> I've been playing it since like red and blue came out back in 1998 and holy crap yeah probably not exactly then because i would have only been three but still like since i've at least been like five or six uh because i played it on the game boy uh the original game boy and then eventually when we got uh gold silver and crystal on the game boy color i got that but since then, I have played every single main series game. I own at least one version. My co-host Joshua has typically bought the... It actually worked out for because a lot of the times we did like the opposite colors. Like I like Sapphire, he liked Ruby, um, stuff like that. We got a lot of the different ones. I think he said he stopped around Sun and Moon. Um, I have continued playing even up to Violet now, and for me, it's still, I still find it enjoyable. I like seeing all the new Pokemon. A lot of people will say the story has finally 
gotten better with this very <laughs> last one, but Pokemon was never really known for its story. <laughs> so that's why I said I had another one for its yeah. story. But I I couldn't say this without mentioning Pokemon because like I said, I've been it's been my entire childhood up until now. I still even play it. I don't avidly play it as much as I used to, granted. When the new game comes out, I'll definitely like binge watch it or binge watch it binge play it and get like 30 to 50 hours within the like within a week easily so it's still very much a part of my gaming experience and will probably still continue even though spoiler alert and if you're following pokemon you already know this ash is officially done with the anime series uh so that was a little nostalgia chip too when i was like oh my god he finally won and now he's gone and i'm just like wow i'm old (laughs) (laughs) does it feel like like your childhood has been wrapped up a little bit like you can a little bit and chapter is is closed now yeah like i i think i will still always continue playing the games i stopped watching the anime i think diamond and pearl was uh i stopped watching it because Diamond and Pearl, I watch a few episodes here and there, just, like, some of the battles. But I think that's when I, like, actually, like, stopped watching watching it. Okay. Uh, so what, the, do you know approximately when that was? Like, what year? Okay. Diamond and Pearl came out September 28th, 2006. The wow. Anime. Okay. But, so that gives you a little bit of perspective of how long, you know, that portion of it's been in your life, too. That's a long time. Yeah, that's... <laughs> 11 years so when yeah because i i think because this ended in 2007 so oh you sorry united states was april 20th 2007 to february 1st 2008 oh wow Uh, the other one was uh japan so okay so yeah i uh so probably about i probably ended there because i did see his pokemon league when he was there so yeah 2008 was probably when i because black and white i didn't really like the anime so that's kind of when i started to stop watching it that's also around the time i started getting in middle school freshman uh year around that age so yeah it's about time when i stopped watching the anime um, as I said before, I still continuously play the games. I still love all the games. I still like getting uh, new Pokemon and everything. Um, I even ended up, because of Pokemon, finding other like monster capture games. I've ended up becoming really <laughs> invested in uh, this genre. But if we're talking story-wise, uh, once again, we've already discussed this on Weeps Mom, but I had to mention it. And that is StarCraft, from the original mm. to Brood War. Uh, most of, like, the original and Brood War, most of the story was in uh, the briefings. If you guys never played the game, there would always be, like, a briefing before you went on to the game, because it's more of an RTS. It's not, It's I shouldn't say more of an RTS, it is the RTS that, like, everyone always compares any RTS to because of how successful this was. It, the gameplay, 
obviously the like some of the missions kind of added lore but in the original it was all about the briefings so you didn't get like cinematics like there was a few cinematics i mean looking back at them now they're absolutely atrocious but <laughs> like the cinematics would literally be like 20 seconds and that's about it so most of the story was in the briefings between the dialogues between the different characters and then after brood war after 10 years we finally got starcraft 2 wings of liberty and that became a lot more cinematic and you actually got like a whole story and I got really started to get in, really invested in it because they started showing us some of the scenes back from the original that was never really like in cinematic that we just saw happen in the briefings. So that was really cool to see. And I just love the fact that you go through the different races, Starcraft 2 Rings of Liberty, you were the Terrans, Starcraft 2 Heart of the Swarm, you were the Zerg, and Starcraft 2, the last one, uh, Legacy of the Void, you were the Protoss. So not only did you get POVs of each different race, you got to see each story integrate and how this three species like power struggle went on throughout mm. the entire time. And the story does wrap up. And I enjoyed the end because it's a little open-ended, but also close at the same time. Like, the main okay. thing that you wanted to know, at least for me, was the relationship between certain characters. And right. that was uh, Jim Rayner, who is, like, the main guy then throughout, like, the entire series. If I had to claim a main character, it would be Jim Rayner. Okay. Obviously, in the other ones, other people take over. Uh, but the other person is Kerrigan. She's also... If Jim Renner's not the main character, Kerrigan would be the next runner-up because she's integral into it as much as Jim is. You finally get to see a conclusion to whether or not what happens to those two characters. That's when I say it's closed. Um, and then it's... Ends up, though, with one, one of those scenes with games where they kind of walk out of a bar and it's like, you decide what happens after that. Oh, those are always so nice, but so irritating at the same time because it's like, this is great. I can picture what I want to happen and I can be satisfied. But at the same time, I want to know what the official ending is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yep. I want the official story and it's going to piss me off. <laughs> But at the same time, at least I can picture the perfect story in my head. It's just, it's like a 50-50, you know? That's why I said it's closed and open. Because the relationship between those two, you finally get to see the conclusion of what happens to them. But then after that, it's like, okay, well, what is the overall ending? Like, what is the fate of these two people? Like, because if you don't know, uh, a quick history thing jim rayner is basically was with the Ter uh the terrans and then uh mens mens i, I forget it's m-e-n-g-s-k however you pronounce oh, okay that. uh he basically becomes a tyrant so jim's like no you're using like he's purposely throwing 
people he knows are going to die like millions of lives just so he can get this one victory and he ends up just basically becoming your standard tyrant and jim's like no don't do this like blah 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 like he's the good guy he doesn't want that so he becomes uh labeled as a rebel and all throughout starcraft 2 he is known as a traitor a rebel all this stuff he has to fight mm. against propaganda all this stuff his squad is even called rainer raiders and everything like that so it's like i got the conclusion i want with or i got the conclusion of these two characters whether you like it or not you get the conclusion but then it's like okay <laughs> But wait. <laughs> but the overall picture, like, what happens? Like, it doesn't tell you. So it's open and closed at the same time. So, like, I'm satisfied enough because I was really just invested in Jim's character. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a successful game. If you get me invested so much into one character, his life, his story, that I want to follow, I think you successfully got me. And so, like, his story kind of ended, but, like, the overall universe of, like, but what about the consequences of everything that just happened? Like, it's kind of left open to you to infer, okay. like, how it goes. Interesting. I've never played this game or really have even seen this game. So I don't have much to add to this. Joshua hasn't but. either. He's played a little bit of the custom multiplayer we did, mm-hmm. which was just, like, random games. uh made just from like starcraft um but yeah he hasn't this is definitely one that's like is mine home and true like story-wise it's this the only reason it's not my main one is like pokemon's been with me for 20 plus years nostalgia aspect this is what i was talking about and it's been with me for 20 plus years where starcraft was also a big part of my childhood but then it's like that 10 year gap because eventually the original StarCraft, it had a good competitive scene, mostly in Korea. And it's still very big in Korea. Like, I think one of the top games in Korea. But because, obviously, graphics got better, other games came out, I just stopped playing StarCraft because it came out in 1998 along with, like, Pokemon and everything. So, it's like, those graphics only lasted for so long. So, that's right. why that 10-year gap really is really the only difference in why I chose Pokemon. If I had to choose one, it would be Pokemon. But like I said, story-wise, StarCraft blows it out of the water, 100%. Okay, interesting. So how did you get into StarCraft? Like, was it just something you fell upon? Actually, uh, my stepdad got me into it. Oh, okay. Interesting. He and his son would play it. And I saw him once playing it on uh, the computer, and he's like, you want to try? And that I played it, and I got hooked It was on over. It. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. No, so, I mean, it has a little bit of a nostalgic fact for you, then. Yeah, and... Just not maybe as deep as Pokemon. Yeah, and I remember, because I got a few of my friends into it as well, and we would always play it, and this was back in... Uh, childhood where my parents forced us to go outside uh, during (laughs) summer vacation and stuff like we couldn't stay inside so the rule was we could play for a half hour and then it was uh my sister's turn and she could play for a half hour 
and we had to go outside and at least play for an hour in order to come back in to play for a half hour. Mm. And so we did that. And that's how I somehow went. I love it. <laughs> um, side note on this. The other day we were at Cameron's house and Josh is helping him um, measure stuff because he has a barn in his backyard and they're going to like redo it, make it like a man cave and stuff. Anyway, so they're measuring stuff and then they went inside the house and they were up in his office um, on like Home Depot, like ordering, you know, supplies. And so Cameron was at his desk sitting and Josh was on the floor sitting, uh, just watching him. And me and Brittany walked in the room to check on him, see what was going on. And I just walked in and I paused. And I'm like, wow, this was deja vu. This took me back to Josh's dad's house in Josh's uh. office, playing <laughs> Slenderman, sitting, all sitting around the computer. I'm like, I don't know why, but that just took me so far back. Um, but I just thought that was like a funny little thing so that you can appreciate since you were uh, also there <laughs> oh the nostalgia yes yes it's awesome okay well speaking of nostalgia this kind of brings me back to like t- to my point of getting like choosing a game not based on nostalgia is actually very difficult uh just because it does hold a little like spot in your heart. So I do have some runner ups of other franchises that I personally think are worth mentioning and talking about a little bit. Um, And two of them are just straight nostalgia for me. (laughs) So the first one is um, Spyro. So I know it's a child's game really, but it was like the first game I ever played as a kid and what really got me into video games. So I know there's not really like a great storyline or anything like that. And the graphics only get so good because of the style of game that it is. Um, But I will play Spyro over and over and over and over again my entire life. Like it is downloaded on my PlayStation 5 ready to go for the day that I come home. And I'm like, you know what? Let's fire (laughs) that up. I'm ready. Let's do it. Um, It's it just that's like the one game that like as a kid, I like I said, that's the first game I ever really played. uh, And it was a game that I played all the time with my father. Um, And so that was kind of like our bonding thing. And so it, it just holds a special, a special place. And yeah, if they came out with a new game, I'd be buying it. Like release day, I'm in, I'm there, let's do this. Um, it's just a really fun game. But as like a series, I can't say that it's like the best franchise because it's the same game on repeat, really. Um, and <laughs> there's not really a storyline or anything there. So can't be the best, though. Personally, I would want to say that it is. Um do you know what the latest, most recent Spyro game is? Because I know they made a lot of them. Yeah, they or- did make a lot. So the last one that they released was just the remaster of like the original three or whatever. Um, and that came out on the PlayStation 4. Um, and that's that's the one that I play on repeat because it's remastered graphics. So it's awesome. Oh, yeah, December 12th, 2012, the game was digitally re-released to the PlayStation Store with Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage, and Spyro, Year of the Dragon. That was it only... Okay, yeah, so... Oh, and the the Reignited Trilogy for the PS4 on November 2018. 
Okay. Yes. I literally, the first thing I did when I got my PlayStation 5 was go in and just download a couple of the old games that I, that I typically like go back to on occasion. Um, and Spyro was definitely one of them. Like I love the remaster. It's beautiful. It captures everything the way that I would want it to be captured. It's amazing. I will say one of the, one of my favorite Spyro games, just as a quick little uh, side note here is a hero's tale. That is one of my favorite Spyro games. I just, it's so good. I like that you can be like other characters on like little side missions and stuff. And I love the worlds and all the realms and stuff that you could go into. Um, I enjoy that one. I used to own that one. I've lost it somewhere. And I literally would pay so much money to get that game back if I could find it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so that's one. Do you have any that you want to add? I have one more for nostalgic purposes. I'm sure I know what... Uh it is so i'll go with the other one because as soon as you said nostalgia three franchises came up spyro was one of them the yeah one, the one i think you're gonna aim is next so i'm gonna say the third one mm-hmm. which is crash bandicoot okay so i thought about crash but for me personally crash it's a great game and i have the newest one and i've played them all um not my favorite though I love Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog's probably like one of my favorite all-time favorite studios. Um, But yeah, Crash is not something like I liked it as a kid, but never thought it was like anything to to rant and rave about. To be fair, Naughty Dog only did the first three. Um, Well, yes, I know that. Just making sure because there's there's a plethora of uh, Crash games as if you want yes. to learn more about that, we actually did a Crash Bandicoot episode, so you can go and look that up. Uh, sorry, I don't know the exact episode number, <laughs> but we did do one, and I I just had to mention Crash because Spyro and Crash were kind of like the rivals uh, for PlayStation. And oh yeah, as I was looking up some of this uh, for the Spyro just to see like what the year was. Uh, just to let you know, Spiral still holds a record of 85% at game rankings, so that's a very Ooh. good thing. And it just reminds me because it said, on one of the reviews, IGN's Craig Harrison held it as the most fun 3D platform he has played since Crash Bandicoot, writing two claws way up. So Ooh. I feel like if you're going to talk about Spyro and this, uh, nostalgia, I had to at least talk about Crash Bandicoot because I did enjoy the original three, Crash Team Racing, and also Crash Bash, and what was it? Crash Wrath of Cortex for the PS2. I think that's yes. the last one I played. But I already I have a whole episode about why I like those, so if you do like them, <laughs> go ahead and check that out. I'm not going to waste time re-talking about it here. <laughs> yeah it's a good game just never was one of my favorites for some reason i don't know it, i don't know why no i get that it i would say it's not everyone's cup of tea because it is a little bit repetitive a lot of the uh levels are almost like reskins but with different obstacles and different things but i mean it was playstation era people had to realize that yes so it, for sure it's a lot harder back then that game is hard (laughs) yes so hard um 
one other little side note about Spyro, because I could talk about Spyro literally all day long, is there's one game, and I cannot think of the name of it right now, but there's one game where you play as Spyro and Cinder, like, uh, and you can play it as a two-player game. That game, honestly, I don't think it got as much hype as what it should have, because it was so much fun. I played that game on repeat with my cousin <laughs> so many times, and it was so cool and such a cool little, like, concept. I wish there could be more more things like that i love two-player games and i feel like that is not as big these days which is upsetting but whatever and what is your last nostalgia pick because i think i know what it is all right so the last pick for nostalgia there are other games that i will bring up but for nostalgia purposes it's jack and daxter knew it. i knew it <laughs> Those that is like <laughs> that is like the second game that i open my PlayStation 5, like turn on my PlayStation 5 and download it immediately. I love the Jack and Daxter series. My brother got me in. That's probably like the second game, honestly, that I got into as a kid. And my brother got me into it. He played the first one um, pretty hardcore as a child. And then I started getting into it. And then I bought the entire series of games. Uh, I play that. I could play that on repeat all the time. Like that is a game I always go back to. I The story's fun, but I just like the mechanics and like the... The story is really good, actually, if, if you actually take the time to dive into it and stuff. But as a kid, I was so obsessed with this game that I actually learned how to read precursor writing because there's you can actually match up the alphabet, uh, the, the letter forms with the alphabet and you can actually read signs and things. So I was so obsessed with this game as a kid that I could like dice decipher uh, the precursor writing in the game. And I would just go around reading signs and stuff like, yeah, that's what that says. <laughs> like I was cool or something. Um, it was so much fun, but it's a good storyline. I like all the different types of missions and I, the, again, the worlds you go through, I loved the creatures. I, it's really, really fun. So yeah, that's definitely downloaded on my PlayStation five right now. And it, I was actually thinking about playing it the other day. So it's kind of funny that we're doing this episode. Uh, I actually thought about playing Spyro the other day too. So now I'm going to go play them all. <laughs> you learning the precursor language is like people learning the Minecraft enchantment language uh, equivalent yes. of today. For yes. any like, of you youngins out there that are listening that don't know what we're talking about, Jack and Dexter was. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I would definitely say. Yeah, just a big nerd. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know anything else. Let's. We can skip over that fact, right? Uh yeah, so that's it for nostalgia for me, I think. But I have some other games that I think are worth mentioning. Did you have any other nostalgia games you wanted to add? I have one more nostalgia game, but before that, I had to say Jack and Dexter also holds a place in my heart because I got it for a birthday present. Never heard of it before. And the main reason I always hold it dear to me is it is my first analog joystick uh, game ah. I ever played. Uh, if you guys don't know, when like the original PlayStation, like the very first one came out, had no joysticks. It was just the D-pad <laughs> and X square, triangle circle, just like all your standard uh, buttons. But later on, they came like the PlayStation Slim or I forget what it was, but they made or they just simply made controllers for it. But they made controllers that had the joystick. And Jack and Dexter was the first game I ever played that had joystick uh, compatibility. And it took me so long 
to swap over because like <laughs> I was so used to using the D-pad. Like my friend who bought it for me is like, why aren't you using the joystick? I'm like, because it feels wrong. Like it doesn't feel right. Oh my God. I love that you bring this up because it's so funny to me. I feel like maybe it's like our generation, like where we did have, we were in between the D-pad and the joystick because when I played Spyro, yeah, it was the D-pad. Like that's what I used. And then eventually everything started going to the joystick, which nowadays I'm like, yeah, that makes so much more sense. And it's so much easier. (laughs) But when I first had to transfer over to the joystick, I was going through the same thing. It was like, no, this is weird. I don't like it. This doesn't feel right. Like, I want the D-pad, and I I just remember that being such a big hurdle as a kid, getting used to the joystick, um, and, like, how to use it and how it worked and things, so that is hilarious, because I'm sure, like, kids nowadays obviously would never really have to deal with that or ever go through that, so, um, I don't know, I guess that just shows where we, where we started <laughs> and where we are, I don't know, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, try, try playing COD nowadays, only using the D-pad, right? like... That's impossible. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I could talk all day about COD. We should do an episode on that. That would be a fun one. Uh, but, yeah, Dragon Dexter was also mm-hmm. a... I love the story because it, it was serious but comedic at the same yes. time. Uh, so, like, yes. it had some, like, deep moments, but it also didn't take it itself too seriously because of the premise of it. So, like... Obviously, they knew it was a kid's game, so they wanted it to make it light and fun, but also have, like, a, a deep meaning, so I really enjoyed that. But one more nostalgic game I had to bring up, because I did play, mm-hmm. like, three or four in the series, and I still think this franchise is pretty beloved. Obviously, it's had some bad games, just like Crash Bandicoot, but it's Sonic the Hedgehog. For okay. the original Sega, uh, Josh and I played... Sonic a ton also in our childhood, along with numerous other friends I had, and even Sonic 2, which uh, is, this is why you reminded me of it, you could play as Sonic and Tails as, like, a partner, and, like, it wasn't split screen when you did that, so you shared once, mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure it wasn't split screen, if I'm remembering correctly, maybe it was, but the cool thing about Tails was Tails could die and not affect your life. So if you had to get somewhere, uh, like try to reach something that was very hard, you'd have the second player go and do it. And if they get trapped and died, it's like, oh, okay, they died. And then like a few seconds later, they would come in a bubble and be like, poop, they're back. Because it was like, the game was like, oh, only Sonic has to die for you to lose a life. So it was fun because you could play with your friends and also like experience it and... This was back before, if you've played Sonic, I think it was open in the PlayStation 3 store. You could save and restart or, like, save your game. You couldn't do that in the original Sega. You had to just go through and you either died or if you wanted to take a break, you paused it and left your Sega on and came back to it. There was yes. no there was no saving in this game. So it, I remember the difficulty of it, but going through the, when you finally made it, through the different levels oh it was so much fun uh isn't it we should do an entire episode on just like nostalgic games because i could go on forever like as you're talking i'm thinking of like two or three more like other games that just like keep popping up in my head but um yeah isn't it crazy though how save 
how saves worked in games before versus now. Oh, like yeah. even like Mario, you know, having to get to a specific castle. Or I'm pretty sure there was another Mario game that you couldn't save if I remember correctly. Um like on the original like on the Super Nintendo. But like nowadays you literally just you can save it every yeah. foot if you wanted. <laughs> like it's just it's kind of funny to think about. But yeah, so I had to say it because even after the Sega era of Sonic, uh, Sonic has had a lot of hit or misses, and a lot of them are misses if you go through like a lot of reviews. But there are some gems still in it, and they are still making... Sonic just released uh, Sonic Frontiers, I think, is the newest game that released mm-hmm. like last year. So there's still... Sonic is still going strong. I haven't played any of the more recent ones. Most of my come from nostalgia hence why i said this and the nostalgia part but i had to give credit <laughs> where credit's due because i did play a big chunk of uh childhood or at least a big chunk of hours into uh the original sonic games that's fair that is one game that i've like played once maybe maybe once oh. Um, and never actually really played as a kid or anything so that's definitely one that always gets brought up when these types of topics you know, get brought up, but not one that I've ever really played or, or you know, experienced, I guess. So, fair enough, though. That's definitely a, a very popular one. And so you got some honorable mentions or some that didn't make the list? Okay, so I have both, but I'll do honorable mentions first because these are ones that I, like, I was flipping, you know, between, like, God of War or these ones, God of War or these ones. I don't know. I like them all. <laughs> um, so honorable mentions. I think Last of Us is an honorable mention. The game's beautiful. The story's emotional. It's, like, all around A+. plus. Like, it deserves a, it deserves to be mentioned. It And then the, the, the show, it's... All around, A plus game, loved it. It's have no complaints. It's becoming a franchise now because before yes. it was only a standalone game, but now with the second well, game coming out. With that, um, I know Naughty Dog did a their like director or whatever did an interview and um, they were talking like they don't know how much more like they'll really do on The Last of Us because. What I really appreciate with this studio is they're going to tell a story, but if there's nothing else to tell, they're going to leave it be, you know, like they're going to stop it while it's good. And as much as that hurts, because I always want more content, I can appreciate that, that they're not just going to run something till it's dry. You know what I mean? So we'll see how much more we get. I hope we get quite a bit more, but we'll see how long they'll, they'll keep it going. But yeah, I think last of us is definitely an honorable mention. It's beautiful. Um, and I, I'm really big when you can hit, like, an emotional, you know, spot. Like, if you can hit that spot oh, yeah. where it's like, yeah, I want to cry every episode or every time I play, you're doing great. This is a great story. Quick mention. <laughs> and I also, um, really quickly, the second game, too, with flipping between Ellie and Abby, I loved that whole perspective, if you will, because it's, like, just so different than what you typically see in a game. Uh, that's really That was really fun for me, so... But what were you going to say? A uh, quick thing, uh, how you said uh, Naughty Dog had the, like, not wanting to drag out the story. If I'm not mistaken, the reason why they sold the rights of Crash Bandicoot was because they thought, like, they couldn't think of more story to go with him. They're like, he's kind of done what we wanted him to do. Um, and they didn't want to just continuously 
bring out repetitive things. So if I'm not mistaken, when I did the Crash Bandicoot uh, research for that episode, uh, I think that was one of the reasons why they sold it. Uh, I did mention it in the episode. I'm just trying to base it off of memory. But yeah. 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 No. They're such a great studio and they always come out with great content. So I'm all about it. Um, moving on though, to keep this, to keep this moving, another honorable mention, one of my absolute favorites is Red Dead Redemption. It's so <laughs> good. I I don't know when Red Dead 2 came out, but I, I still watch videos about Red Dead and all of like the Easter eggs that you can find and all of the like little details that you don't even realize are happening in the game, but they're happening. I watch videos on it all the time and it still shocks me what people find and what you can actually do. And you have no idea. Like I played, I put so many hours into that game and there's still so like, I'm just touching the surface of what's actually in the game. And that to me is amazing how in depth the game is itself. The story is wonderful. Again, emotional at times. Uh, the graphics are beautiful. Like it doesn't get old. I could, I could replay that game all the time. It's wonderful. So I definitely wanted to mention it because that was, that's all that's real, real close for first place. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah, that one definitely has its big story route, and it it's left a big mark on like the gaming community. Not just for the fact that Red Dead Two had a literal separate disc for you to <laughs> download the game, and then a separate one. To amazing, play, but absolutely amazing. I remember opening that for like the first time. Like, no fucking way. <laughs> this is this is so cool. Um. Yeah, absolutely love it. Everything about it. I want more. Hopefully we get a lot more. Um, Okay, another honorable mention, going back to Naughty Dog, (laughs) is Uncharted. I absolutely love the Uncharted series. This was also another one that I was like, I really want to put this in first place, but decided not to. I love the storyline. The graphics are amazing. It's just, it's a very different take on not different take. I shouldn't say that, but I like the environment in that you are in. You're a treasure hunter. That's amazing. Like I don't feel like a lot of other games hit that side of things, like that type of storyline. Um, so it's just fun. I think it's a lot of fun, but the story's still really good. The characters are great. The environment's beautiful. I love all the different areas you get to go into. I like the little bit of um, like the creatures that are involved in the game that you don't expect, but they're there just enough. Um, to add a little something to the game without taking over and making it just about creatures too. So kind of like that mysterious aspect. Um, but yeah, all all around great game. I wish we could get more, but I know that story is done uh, as well. But really great. So I had to mention that one too. I haven't played uh, the Uncharted series. I actually, I think I bought the Nathan Drake collection when it was mm-hmm. on sale for like 20 bucks or something for like all the games and like i just started recently well I, I shouldn't say started recently i think it was like a year ago uh i started playing it and then i stopped because other games came out but it's still on my to-do list to finish those because i've heard so great things about that uh, absolutely amazing i'll replay it too <laughs> Let's go. I'll replay it with you. No, it's really good. Actually, it's kind of funny because Josh went as Drake from Uncharted uh, for Halloween like a year or two ago. So, um, yeah, no, it's a really great game. Uh, I think um, I only have one honorable mention for okay. uh, mine, and that is strictly for gameplay purposes because this is another one of those games that doesn't really have 
a story too much is the Twisted Metal series. Oh my god, I almost mentioned that earlier in the episode. But I was like, no, 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 I've already mentioned too much. I, I'm just going to shut up. But yeah. no, I literally almost mentioned that. So that's awesome that you bring that up. But 100% agree. <laughs> yeah, if veteran Respawn uh, viewers know, Joshua and I played the hell out of Twisted Metal 2. Probably one of our all-time <laughs> favorite PlayStation games. We also played Twisted Metal 3, uh, probably the next most out of it. I played almost every Twisted Metal game besides the first one, the fourth, and the fourth one. I played Twisted Metal 2, Twisted Metal 3, Twisted Metal Black, which was a very darker version of, like, any of the Twisted Metal series. Uh, wasn't my favorite. I didn't like a lot of the drivers in it. A Twisted Metal head-on. And then I think it was for PS3, because I think it came out in, like, 2012. Uh, just called Twisted Metal. That one had a bit more of a story. Uh, quick thing, if you didn't know, Twisted Metal is just a pretty much a battle royale before battle royales were uh, popular. Yeah. Uh, you each level you would fight very like four to five enemies. Uh, then it got progressively harder as you went on to like eight to nine enemies. And if you won, you were granted a wish from Calypso. And it always. Just like the like genie, how they always twist your words. Calypso basically always twists your wish into some way that you would always die. And yeah, it's there's not I much to the story, goes, but the no, I think this goes back to nostalgia for us. Yeah, because I don't know about you, but like I grew up playing this game. Like I don't even care about cars or this type of style oh, of yeah, game like, nowadays. Never would play this type of game. Okay, never never not even think about it but i played this game as a kid a lot with my brother growing up um so it has that nostalgia fact and so yeah if a new twisted metal came out yeah i'd probably get it just for the nostalgia fact of it uh i actually played this game on uh gamecube with my brother throwback right oh my god <laughs> gamecube yeah i know that's why or no not even gamecube um do you remember dreamcast oh my god we had a dr- we, we had, had a, a dreamcast. dreamcast that's what we used to yeah we used to play a lot of a lot of games on dreamcast that was our go-to that's insane to think about um <laughs> that just ages me i feel like uh but yeah i was definitely gonna mention twisted metal so i'm glad you brought it up yeah, it's just a it was just a fun game even when the newest one came out they added a few different like a death race uh towards it everything it was fun uh definitely it wouldn't be like it will never be like number one but it will still always be like I'll still hold it in a positive regard. Yes, for this franchise. Yeah, totally under- understand. The only other one I was going to mention is The Witcher, um, and I'm only mentioning it as a side one because I've tried to play the first and second ones, but the graphics are so old, and I cannot get the controls down for the life of me that I cannot get past the very beginning of the game. Um, I want to like both of them. I, it's the controls. The controls literally throw me off so much that I cannot get it down. So that is against me and nobody else. Um, but just speaking off of the third one, which I absolutely love and like literally have Witcher things through my entire house. I have a poster. I have the sword from from the game and everything. It is definitely one of my all-time favorites, but I could not pick it for today since I have not actually played the first and second one. So I didn't think it was right to pick, um, but I did want to just mention it because it is definitely a top for me, and I'm very excited about the next game in the series. So that's all. And I took the quiz. I don't know if you've taken the quiz, but they have a quiz that you can take to see which Witcher school you'd be in. 
Uh, I would be in the cat, and I was really hyped about that. (laughs) (laughs) And Josh got the wolf, I believe, for everyone. I think he got into wolf. So, anyway, it's just kind of fun. Um, Yeah, that was it for my honorable mentions. Uh, The only other thing I was going to bring up is what was not in the running for me. And I really only have one off the top of my head. Um, And and that's Assassin's Creed. (laughs) And I feel it's important to talk about this because I was very big into Assassin's Creed Mm. for a very long time. um, But absolutely was not in the running for today. For many reasons. (laughs) But... I think in the beginning of Assassin's Creed, I absolutely loved it. The story the story was fun. Um, I don't want to say that the storyline was great because I don't think the story is good. Um, but it's fun and I, it's different. I, I loved being like in the history and being able to go through all these old billing, buildings. Like it was, it's the research that goes into each of these games is outstanding. And that part I really, really enjoy. Um, it's a fun game. I think I liked it up until... Let me look up a list of Assassin's Creed games so I say this correctly. I feel like up until... Like, just before okay, Black so, Flag, right? Or did you... No, you like Black Flag. Holy shit. There are so many. Okay, so I liked up until, like, the revelation... Revolution. Sorry, not Revelation. Um, what one was... What was that called? I think it, oh oh the, you mean the revolution like the American Revolution? Yes, that what was that three. game called? Assassin's Creed Three. Okay, so I feel like so I feel like up until the third one, it was really good, and I really liked um, the American Revolution one. I thought that was fun, but I f- also feel like that's where it started to kind of end for me. Um, and then what Black Flag four. was? Yeah, four. Correct. Okay, so. I say up until the third one, it was pretty good. And I really enjoyed the third one. But for me, it was just kind of like, okay, we're on repeat at this point, right? Like, I'm I'm kind of over it. Still enjoyed the third one, but was at that point losing interest. Then Black Flag comes out. This is a 180 for me. Black Flag is probably my all-time favorite Assassin's Creed game. It's so good. You get the assassin aspect of it, but I loved the ships. and, Being and a pirate. Even just hunt, like, yeah, and fishing. The whole fishing thing was cool. I thought the story in that one was kind of, you know, better. Um, and that one really drew me back in. And to the point where it was like, I probably wouldn't have bought another game, but I played Black Flag, and I was like, this is amazing. We need to keep going in this route. Like, this is so much fun. Um, and then after that, we died again, and we died real hard, okay? I don't know what happened, but I'm over it at this point. I would say I d- haven't played a lot of, like, the the middle in-between games, if you will, since Black Flag. Like, was Unity after Black Flag? I think so. Or, was, or- that might have been the next one, or maybe syndicate i don't remember the next one after that but anyway i didn't get those ones because i'm like we're on repeat at this point and nothing is holding my attention like i'm bored um and then i got the the egyptian one which i believe was origin yes okay so i think i got i thought that was spartan Oh, yeah, you're right. That one's Spartan. Okay, well, whatever the Egyptian-themed one's called, because I cannot think of the name of it at this exact... Was it Odyssey? No, that's Greek. Oh, Odyssey was the Spartan, so it probably was Origins was the Egyptian. Okay. Well, either way, you know what I'm talking about. 
because <laughs> I cannot think of the name of it. Um, the Egyptian one. I thought that one was really fun. I played that one all the way through. I think I enjoyed um, the environment was amazing. Again, with all of the history, I love being able to go through the pyramids. That whole thing was so great. I love all the additions to the game at that point in the series because I hadn't played since black flag pretty much um so all the additions to the game of like the treasure hunting and all those kind of like add-on side stuff uh the world's so huge uh and there's just so much to do so i i enjoyed the egyptian one but also felt it was still boring to a degree and then i got um valhalla and let me just tell you that i may be 20 percent into the game maybe 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 that's a hard maybe okay uh because i'm bored like it the world's so large and it's very repetitive and everything feels like a chore like i don't want to go through this fucking camp again like i don't want to go through this camp i don't want to go through and have to you know like there's so many camps everywhere i turn there's a camp it feels like and it, it feels like a chore and all of the extra add-on. And I know I don't have to per se do them, but it's a pain, I feel like. I'm the type of person I want to check everything off on my map. So it feels more of a, of a pain in the butt than actually enjoyable. Um, as much as I want to enjoy it, I, I, I put that game down long ago and have yet to pick it back up. And it sucks because I would like to enjoy it like I used to, but... The storyline's not there for me either. Like, you know, we started the first couple of games with Desmond and going in and out of the Animus, and that was really intriguing and fun. Um, but the storyline for me got extremely confusing throughout, and now I don't even think in the newer ones we talk about the Animus like at all. And now it's just like you're just assassins and their stories, which is fine, but confusing for myself and... I don't know. I feel like there's like a big chunk of the story that I'm missing that like would connect all of these dots that maybe I just didn't care to learn <laughs> uh, because I just got bored with it. So yeah, I just wanted to to bring that up because I think that is um, one series for me that started really, really well. And now I just, I don't care enough about it anymore. So um, yeah. Two things on that. Uh, I'm looking at my PS3 uh holder thing the game i don't know you know the thing where like you could store your ps3 and then it has the games on tower and oh yes i I could see assassin's creed 2 assassin's creed 3 assassin's creed 4 black flag and assassin's creed revelations uh there you go that's all you need (laughs) i also played uh brotherhood because joshua had that for his Ah. uh, pc that one was probably my favorite that's a good one. I, I will say that. Yeah, I like that one, too. What was the one that had online multiplayer? Unity. Uh, Unity. Was it Unity? I actually really enjoyed oh, the wait, multiplayer no, 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 in Assassin's no. Creed. That, like, are you talking about when we played like multiplayer? Um, like, or like you had other people I, that could join you on your missions? So the ones... I didn't like the one where you could join on the That's missions. That's Unity. I liked... Okay. I liked the original... Like first multiplayer where like you literally would go out and like it'd be assassins hunting assassins in the city that's either revelations or three because it's one of the ones for the ps3 okay either way that was fun to me like trying to blend into a crowd as like assassins are running by you i was so good at it. it was so much fun um i really enjoyed 
I really enjoyed that. That is something I would love to attempt to do again and play again if, if something like that came out. But um, You would yeah. think it would be with all the popular, like, Among Us and everything. Uh, that You know, you really would think, because multiplayer is so big, like, a lot of people won't even buy a game unless it has multiplayer uh with it but just because you can you know get so many more hours out of a game if you really enjoy it. it's multiplayer yeah. um so yeah you would think but another it must not have been that popular another side note is assassin's creed 3 i believe mm-hmm. it is spoiler alert for anyone i mean it's a really old game so not really uh it's like <laughs> the first game you play as you think you're an assassin and then after you beat like the tutorial or prologue, whatever the first level, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. you're re- you're re- uh, it's revealed you were actually playing a Templar. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I kind of forgot about that. That was a, a shocking one that has held, or at least uh, I was I forget what I was doing, reading like maybe top ten plot twists in video games or something, some Watch Mojo thing that showed up on my YouTube thing, and that came up, and I was like, oh yeah. I was really confused about that too when I played because I was like, "Oh my god, mm. I'm a Templar!" Um, but yeah, I figured I had to ask because the audience would want to know who's your favorite assassin. Oh god, um, I feel like that's so hard to choose. I feel like I go back to Ezio yeah. a lot. I feel like he's like classic. Um, he's. I feel like that's when the game was good too, so it just added a lot. The the world was great. I don't know though. That's hard. I'd have to do Ezio too. Connor was good, but like he's not my favorite. Um, yeah. Yeah i I always come back to Ezio. I know it's like a fan favorite, but like cliche. <laughs> that's because he was so good. Like, there's a reason why yeah, so many people cool. like him. <laughs> Right, yes, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Before we wrap things up, though, because you mentioned one that started good, ended bad, I have to say it because I was Let's so invested it. into it. Infamous. <laughs> and oh, the first game sorry. <laughs> was absolutely amazing. I was so in-depth into it. I went through both good karma going throughout the whole thing. I went through bad karma going throughout the whole thing. It was so much fun that you got a choice and like it affected your superpowers. It affected the world around you. Such a great experience. Infamous 2, a little bit of a downgrade, I will say, from the original. Yes. But it still held what made Infamous infamous, at least to me. And it was cool because mm-hmm. they added a new system, not only with the karma system, but now you got the choice of choosing like a partner and you could do combo attacks. And depending on what partner you choose and which karma you choose, there were a multitude of different combos. So it was like, it still gave you the sense of choice. Now it was between fire and ice, two opposing things, just like good and bad. Like it still was infamous to its core. It was still good. I still prefer the first one over the second one, but it was still so good. Then comes Second Son. <laughs> oh my god. I couldn't even finish the game because I didn't enjoy it. I was like, what the hell Same. is going on? And then they made a DLC for Neon Light. And I was like, 
okay, they're bringing back the darkness and light, the opposites attract. I'm like, I feel like they should have had that in, like, in Infamous Second Son already as, like, another character. And that, then it would have been back to its core thing of, like, opposing opposites, um, elements or whatever, like, contradicting each other, darkness and light. Like, that would have been perfect if you had them interact and stuff in the thing. But, like, I just lost so much interest in Second Son that I couldn't even finish it. And I was so hyped for it because I was, like, so invested in Infamous 1, Infamous 2. And then it just went, like, downhill from there. And I was just like... Oh, this hurts. I still hold Infamous 1 and 2 in high regard. I will still do it. I will still replay those games. And... So, I agree with uh, you. This is a game that I felt the first one was like, this is such a great, like, an interesting story. Like, it's so different. Like, it was so cool. And I liked, like you said, how you could choose between, like, the good and the bad and stuff. Um... As someone who gets extreme motion sick, this is like the top tier of motion sickness, though, I will yeah. say, in a video game. <laughs> um, but no, it was really good. And it was it was cool. The city was cool. The storyline was great. Your abilities, like that in general, was so interesting and intriguing. It was great. But yes, I agree. The second one just fell flat. And I, I think I'm the same as you. I don't think I finished that game either. I think I barely started it, if I remember correctly. I feel like we probably both had a... Uh, uh, we probably chatted about it and we're like, do you think this is trash? <laughs> yeah. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I remember that being very disappointing though. And I feel like that game could have done a lot or could have went in a lot of different directions. I don't think it would have lasted much past like two or three games oh, by no. any means uh, without getting repetitive. But it, I think the storyline could have been really, really cool and they could have done a lot with it. But yeah, it just, I don't know. It fell flat. Also, random side note on this game. The main character, I don't even remember his name. Cole his, McGrath. He had a... That's correct. His girlfriend in the game? Um, sh I don't know about anyone Trish. else, but she was annoying. Yeah. She was so annoying. Like, the one part in the game where you have to pick to save her or, ran like, a bunch of random citizens. Doctors, yeah. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, doctors, yeah. Uh, like, I'm sorry, honey, but this isn't a hard choice. <laughs> like that's awful because his character sad about it but i'm like you ain't sad about it buddy trust me you don't want that because she was she was toxic she was not a good character whatsoever according um, to uh i just did a quick search for infamous second son it got a 4.3 out of 5 at gamestop 82 percent on open critic and 8.7 out of 10 from ign Really? Wow. Okay. Maybe I had to try it a second time and see. No. But don't do it. Don't waste <sighs> your time. You should be playing Uncharted instead <laughs> of that. Come on, you gotta get get with it. <laughs> but yeah, I like you said, I like the infamous, like the original. It was so good because like depending if you had a good or bad comrade at the time, it did change the dialogue between certain characters. Yeah. And if you weren't paying attention, when you chose the darker karma, the more darker you get, the darker and grittier the city gets. And if you yeah. stand still long enough, people will throw rocks at you. Yes. You know, I will say that is one thing about that game that I enjoyed is like a lot of, I feel, role-playing games today, you make different choices, but in the end, you're pretty much getting the same story. So it's like it's like almost a fake role-playing game, I want to say. Um, but, 
you know, you have choices, but they don't really affect too much other than the ending is slightly different yeah. type of thing. Like, I feel like that's how a lot of games are nowadays, and that's upsetting. Like, I want a fully immersive world where it's changing. And I think Infamous, at least in the first one, really did capture that, where if you did go bad, yeah, people are throwing rocks at you. A lot of things are darker in the city. Things aren't going great. But if you were good, you know, then people are loving you and they're taking photos of you on the street. And I, I think that game maybe dived a little bit deeper into the effects of going good versus bad. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I guess Red Dead kind of does that too. Um, obviously completely different realms <laughs> and time periods of um, the game themselves and when they were created. But uh, yeah, I think it, it did that really well. Yeah, And there were obviously, if you guys uh, have played before, you know, there are a few instances that, are the same whether you're good or bad uh one instance is the trish one even if you're good or bad no matter what she will die but what she says to you is different depending on which one so even though they're the same uh obviously it's more for the game purposes like oh this has to happen for this to make sense um so there are a few things that will always happen because it's coded in the game but like even that right the responses are different so it was just cool yeah yeah uh i think mm-hmm. that's about it to wrap it up do you have any last minute franchises or anything you want to say about them as soon as this episode ends i'm gonna think of like four more franchises that i want to talk about um but off the top of my head no i think that captures I think that captures the gist of my thoughts. So I will leave you guys with the question of the day and pretty much what we answered. What was your guys' favorite franchises? Do you agree or disagree with what we said about ours? And yeah, that's about it. So that'll be it for us for this episode. Don't forget to show us some some love and support at patreon.com slash respawn and don't forget to follow us at facebook instagram and twitter at respawn and you can contact us at respawn at gmail.com and don't forget we also have a fan-made subreddit at weepspawn you can go check out taylor do you have anything socials or anything they can find you at no i don't (laughs) i don't have anything to add (laughs) that'll be it for us today so thank you all so much for listening and we will see you guys next time when we we spawn